And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. Casey Jiskler here. Hope you guys are enjoying your days. We've got a fun show. We've got our Wednesday Hump Day show coming your way today. We've got so much to talk about, so many different topics to cover, and we've got a bunch of different people that we'll be talking about those topics with. Um, a little later in the show, we're going to have Taylor Griffin on at 12.15. We'll be chatting with him about who knows what. Uh, we'll talk some wrestling with him. We'll talk some NBA with him. We'll talk some college uh, basketball men's tournament with him. We'll chat with all sorts of stuff with Taylor Griffin in the next segment of the show. Or not in the next segment of the show, at 12.15. In the next segment of the show, we're going to get uh, Butch Terrio of Homer Christian School Baseball. He will be joining us on the line to talk about his team as they're approaching district, well, not approaching, they're in district play, approaching trying to win a district championship. <clears throat> Homer Christian School will be trying to punch that ticket and trying to get into the dance. They actually got a big win a couple days ago against South Plaquemine in district play. We'll ask Butch about how... His team is competing and some of the things that he likes, some of the things he doesn't like um, as we approach the final stretch run of the season. Crazy to think and crazy to say that we're already in the final stretch run of the season, but yet here we are. If time allows, we will get to our mailbag. Got people who have asked us mailbag questions, um, and we'll try to get some of those answered. <clears throat> and we'll also talk about some different things that happened yesterday. The New Orleans Pelicans did what the New Orleans Pelicans do. They got a big old lead against Golden State, and they kind of let it go away. They blew a 20-point lead, fell against the Warriors. They're still in good playoff shape, but it was a disappointing result yesterday for the uh, the Pelicans against the Warriors. We'll maybe talk about some Lamar Jackson drama as that uh, saga continues to spin. LSU Women's Basketball Final Four. We'll get into all that during the course of the show. <clears throat> but I promised you yesterday that we would get you some updated softball power rating numbers. And this, again, is on the softball side. Wanted to give you guys an update and keep you guys abreast of some of the latest that was happening in our local softball scene. We talk a lot about baseball. We want to talk about some softball. Division one non-select. <clears throat> a lot of our local teams, frankly, are not going to be postseason bound. But there are a few that are in contention. The number 16 seed right now in Division I non-select is Hanville. They're at 14 and 12 overall. They're pretty comfortably in. They're going to make the playoffs. Just going to depend on the seeding. South Terrebonne is fighting. South Terrebonne's currently at number 26. They've got some work to do. They're 11 and 8. They're playing well. They do have some work to do to climb into the top 24, but they're just three tenths of a point away from being in the top 24. So if they could get some wins coming home. There is an opportunity for South Terrebonne, who's 11-8 and eight on the season, to potentially make the playoffs. Terrebonne's at number 27, one spot below them, but Terrebonne's power rating number is a point and a half behind South Terrebonne's power rating number. So they're, they got a big old gulf to climb to try to get back up above them. And then towards the bottom, you got Central Lafouche, HL Bourgeois, Thibodeau, South Lafouche, Destrehan, East St. John, who all are not looking likely to make the postseason in our local softball scene. We go to Division Two non-select, and the outlook is a little bit more bright for some of our local teams. It's a brighter outlook because you got Lutcher as the number seven team in the state. They're fourteen and six overall. The Bulldogs are playing some good softball. They're going to be in. They're going to be home in the opening round. And from what I understand, they could really play. They could swing it. They could pitch it, and they do a lot of things well. Assumptions just uh, right there with them. They're sixteen and nine on the season. I think Assumption might actually be the best team in our area. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat some of the other top dogs. They're number eight right now in Division Two non-select. Assumption is in a good spot, and it's looking like there's going to be a postseason uh, year for them. 
Towards the bottom of Division II non-select, you got Morgan City at number 30. They're not going to make the playoffs. You got Ellen there at number 38. They're not going to make the playoffs. So we go now to Division II select, where we could tell you that the Vanderbilt Catholic Terriers have a chance to maybe make it all the way to the, the championship tournament out there. The Terriers are 22-4 and four on the season. They're currently ranked number two in the state in Division II select. So Vanderbilt's got a great opportunity to uh, make a deep push, make a deep push. I saw Vanderbilt play earlier this season. They've got some sluggers, man. they got some kids who could really hit. But the thing that Vanderbilt has that I think separates them locally is their elite in the circle. To win in high school softball, you've got to be good in the circle. They are elite in the circle. They already own a win over Lutcher. They lost to Assumption, um, and they are elite in the circle. And that's the thing about our local 4A district is, okay, Assumption beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt beat Lutcher. Lutcher beat Assumption. It's setting the the stage for a big old tie. That's what it's looking like it's going to end up being. It's going to be a big old three-way tie atop that, unless if there's some upset or something coming home, which I guess is in theory could happen. Division two select, you got E.D. White sitting at number eight in the state with an 11-11 and record. The Cardinals are actually playing their best softball right now and have an opportunity to maybe catapult a spot or two, but sitting at number eight is not a bad place to be, and the Cardinals are looking like they're going to be postseason bound, home in the postseason, and having an opportunity to make a push. Division three select, home of Christian school. They're alive and well. They're currently sitting at number three in the state in Division three select. Home of Christian school has maybe the most explosive and most prolific offense of anyone in our area. They score in bunches. I mean, they could really score. They have some games recently where they scored 20, 10, 11, 10, like 31 runs earlier this season. So Homer Christian School is a team and an offense that can hang a crooked number on you. They are currently sitting with an 18-4 and four record. But one thing to keep in mind about Homer Christian School is that while, yes, they are 18-4 and four, and that's incredibly impressive, they have lost three out of their last four games. So that's something to keep an eye on with Homa Christian schools. Can they get off of this little schneid that they're on? Because they have lost three of their last four games despite the 18-4 and four record. We go to Division Four select, and we could tell you that we've got a couple of local teams again who are in position. We got Covenant Christian, who is sitting at number 10. I, before Covenant Christian, my bad. We got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's uh, sitting at number 8 in the state with an 11-7 and seven record. The Lady Eagles are in good position to be at home in the opening round. Two spots below them is Covenant Christian, who's sitting at 10-10. and The Lions are trying to uh, secure a home opening round matchup, the same as the Eagles. So we've got two teams there who are both in position to potentially make the postseason. Very quickly, we'll get you some baseball scores from yesterday, and then we'll get out of this segment. There were some teams that were able to play baseball yesterday despite the inclement weather. And the schedule actually was most, mostly unscathed. Central Lafouche played Jesuit, fell 10-2. Jesuit gets a victory. Terrebonne puts a 21 spot. They beat East St. John 21-0, a big dominant win for the Tigers over East St. John. Um, let's see, in 4A, the Willow School beats Ellender 3-0, so they get a victory over the Patriots. Um, we also had yesterday... Uh, that's it for 4A. 3A, you got Berwick beating Opelousas Catholic 10-2. I'm telling you, Berwick's starting to get hot. You look at some of their recent results, they're playing well. Donaldsonville beats Cristo Ray 
in Baton Rouge, 15 to 8. Good win for them. 2A, home of Christian School was off. Single A, CCA beats Vermilion Catholic 3 to 2 in a district matchup. Good win for CCA. And Central Catholic was off. So that was our local scoreboard from yesterday. Today, I could tell you that we've got South Lafouche hosting HL Bourgeois game that you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB. And it's a mostly light slate, but there are a lot of games, or there are some games rather. Got Destran taking on Newman, East St. John taking on St. James, <clears throat> Terrebonne taking on Catholic Appoint Um, Let's see, Morgan City and Vanderbilt. There's a district game there. South Terrebonne and Lutcher. That's a big one. It's a district game. Um, so we go to 3A, and it looks kind of dry. St. James and East St. John, we told you about. Home of Christians traveling to take on Central Private today. We'll have Butch on in the next segment to talk about that. And CCA traveling to take on St. Charles. So there are some big games, and we can't wait to see how those games shake out. Let's get to break when we get back out of the break. We're going to go to Butch Terrio, Home of Christian School baseball coach. It's play-by-play on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun. 102.7 FM. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-403-4623-800-403-4623-800-403-4623. That's 800-403-4623. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000, Chevy, Find New Roads. Price is priority. This is Louisiana Senior Medicare Patrol, and you are listening to this week's Medicare Fraud Minute. Are you aware of the differences between home health and hospice care? Home health care is a wide range of services given in your home for an illness or injury, usually after a hospital stay. Hospice care is for people who are terminally ill and have a life expectancy of six months or less. Hospice care is focused on providing comfort care rather than curing the illness. Beware of home health and hospice fraud. Home health care fraud schemes include billing for services not provided and falsely certifying a beneficiary as homebound. Hospice fraud includes falsely enrolling a patient in hospice care, billing for services not provided, and providing inadequate care. Only agree to home health or hospice services if your doctor has certified you. Call Louisiana Senior Medicare Patrol at 877-272-8720. Louisiana Senior Medicare Patrol is funded by a grant from the Administration for Community Living and sponsored by AdviseWell, Inc. Simply free. Don't those two words go together nicely? Especially when they describe the very best in daily money management. At SL Bank, our Simply Free checking account 
provide you the tools you need to manage your account and to make life a little easier. Want to know more about simply free checking? Just talk with us today at SL Bank. Member FDIC. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide healthcare for our community. To discover more, please visit tghealthsystem.com. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Gisclair here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today. And we're making a trip out to Homa Christian School where we have their baseball coach, Coach Butch Terrio, on the line. His Warriors are 9 and 10 on the season and have climbed up to number 17 in the power rating position thanks to a five game winning streak, which includes a victory over South Plaquemine a couple days ago. Coach, good morning, man. How are we doing? Man, we're doing good, man. Especially when you say you got us a five-game winning streak, you know you're feeling good. Yes, sir. Tell us about that, man. Your your fortunes have reversed a little bit. You guys were losing some close ones. Now you're winning some close ones in that five-game winning streak. Don't have more than a three-run victory, so you guys are figuring out how to to slam the door late, and I'm sure that's got to make you awfully proud. Oh well, the big difference is is you know when we won that, I, I want to say. Just, seven or eight game losing streak we were on uh we, we kind of felt ourselves into a complacency zone and you know just whatever happens i'm going to be in the lineup stuff like that so we shuffled it around and, and made sure that they miss you know my my lineup's written in pencil not pen and, and you know these the interchangeable parts and you know you're going to learn to play the style home of christian that we ask you to play and if you don't do that then uh we try to find somebody that will and you know it- all not just you know just wins some big wins. I mean, every one of those games was at least a twenty-eight point PowerPoint victory, including a thirty-six point PowerPoint victory against the Willow School. So you guys have improved your record, but also improved your positioning and with your score average. Man, that, that's good stuff, especially with the playoffs a couple weeks away. Oh yeah, it's some good stuff with the playoffs looming. Look, about two and a half weeks. You know, we uh, we put setting ourselves in position beating these big schools that, that, you know, we were kind of losing to two to one back in the day. And, uh, but we, we feel comfortable about our pitching staff really good. And we starting to get the timely hits and moving people around. And, you know, we just got to keep fighting hard to, to see where we're going to fall. 
Central Private today, that's another big opportunity there, 10 and 8. And I've had some people in the area tell me, hey, man, like there's a lot of local teams that played them. They say, man, hey, that, that's a ball club that could play. They've got some good pitchers, apparently. They're solid. That's going to be a big challenge for you guys today. Oh, it's going to be a huge challenge. Uh, I mean, you, you look at the remainder of our schedule, I don't think there's anybody on that schedule that won't be a challenge to us. So it's definitely going to give us uh, the ability to, to get us playoff ready, I think, um, to face really good pitching, guys that can really put it in play. We know every nine, uh, we, we got about 11 ball games left, and we know that uh, – we're going to have to be scrapping on every single one. So uh, we definitely going to learn how to be tough. How important is it? And, 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 you know, I actually had Cameron Pierce yesterday on the show. He's the coach over at Terrebonne, of course. And he said, hey, look, man, I'm not in the top 24 right now. But he said, I haven't even started my district. So our plan's going to be, hey, let's go and, and let's win our district and earn an automatic bid. You guys are in the playoffs right now, but you're in a super small district. So how important is it to you all to make sure, hey, every time that game has a little D on the next to it, we got to make sure we win that one to try to clinch ourselves an automatic berth? I told, I told our kids early, you know, during that, that rough patch we were going, I said, guys, no matter what we do, our season comes down to three ball games. We win those three ball games, we win the players. No matter what we do, uh, it comes down to these three ball games. It gives us an automatic shot. We control our destiny. We don't put it in the hands of any point system that was drawn up for some odd reason. I have no idea. Uh, but – you know, that's a whole story for another day. <laughs> you know, to, to be honest with you, it, it, it doesn't come to who you play. It, it's how you schedule is if you're going to be in the playoffs or not, the way I see it. But, you know, uh, and it really hurts self. Well, that's a whole different conversation. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at South Lafouche where they got to go battle in, in the SEC of the South in uh in that district. And we, we our season comes down to three ball games. It's really not a fair situation. And, I think a lot of things have to be adjusted. Yeah, I think that everybody agrees with that. Uh, what are your plans today? Do you have, Can you tell us an arm that you're going to be throwing today against Central Private, and then what are some keys and some things you're trying to get accomplished? Well, we're going to throw uh, Junior Bryce Abad. We're going to see how far he could go. We uh, we probably going to go with a little pitching by committee. I honestly kind of need a break today. Uh, we got got a lot of ball games coming coming up real quick. Uh but our guys need to throw. So today might be like like a bullpen pitching kind of a day. You know, we got our guys that can pitch two, three innings, three innings, and kind of close it with another guy. So we probably go with Bryce Abed and then the middle innings, George Pertweet, and we try to look at their pitch counts, and then we'll come and close it with probably our, our senior Hayden Blanton. So much of high school baseball right now is based on exactly what you just said, uh, Butch, is that – you know, teams are playing four and five games a week, and frankly, they don't have enough starting pitching to carry four or five games in a week. And so much of it is preservation. You see a team that'll um, beat a team on one day, and then the next day get run ruled by a lesser team. Like it's all about how much pitching you got left. I'm sure that's one of the biggest jobs that you have is making sure that there's still some gas in that tank. That's a lot of things, and that, like I said, that, that now we get back to scheduling again. You know, we could schedule. You know, as a two A school. How about right on those days that, that we know we, we go and schedule a 5A school that, you know, really doesn't have anything. We get 20, 23 points just to show, beat them, you know, that, that they, they have no wins. So we can kind of space that gap. Uh, apparently, I need to do that next year. Uh, but, you know, it's always good to get your guys good looks and good hitters, and they can only make them better. But it, it is tough, you know, when we, we play in four games a week or three games a week, you know, and uh, but we've been very fortunate that our guys have been going the distance and, and, and hitting around that 90 pitch mark or that 88 pitch mark, and uh, really helping us through. 
It looks like your offense is making some strides. I remember we had you on at the beginning of March and you said, man, I don't know what it is. Our offense is a struggle. But in your win streak, you guys have put up four, five, six, seven runs at, at, you know, throughout the, the, that little run, all against quality competition. Looks like you guys are maybe swinging it better than you have all year. We eliminate the strikeouts, Casey. And, you know, when you do that, then you get more walks. We, we get deep, deep in the counts, which is getting that those guys, like I said, everybody has that one guy that can pitch. And if we get them late in the count, and, and look, you looking at the fifth and the sixth inning, those guys got to take them out. And, and we really look really good when they bring those relief guys in. Because uh, it gives us the strength of, of taking more pitches. And when we get on base, we very fast. So we could bunt, hit, and run, all kind of steals to put pressure on you. And, and you, you're going to have to make a play. But we we got to eliminate the strikeouts and get more walks. And I think that's been the key to our success in this, uh, this win streak. Good stuff, man. Uh, you know, you told us kind of a little bit of a bullpen day for you guys. Offensively, how do you attack what I think is a very good pitching staff on that other side, man? I was looking. They held assumption to, I think, a run or two. I saw assumption a couple of days ago. You could really throw it if you're yeah. doing that. How are you guys going to try to yeah. scratch them across? Oh, well, we, like you said, we're going to be very, very patient, especially late uh, in the order. Try to get those pitch counts up. Uh, we try to get on base with walks and maybe get a hit here and there. But we get them on, we get them over, get them in. That's been our philosophy all year, and it just seems to kind of be working a little bit better now. MLB starts over the weekend. How are Braves going to do, man? Anything is going to be a good – look, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried. I don't know that we got enough pitching, man. You got Kyle Wright starting on the DL, and, you know, Soroka's not back. I don't know if we got enough pitching, bro. Well, well, you know, uh, we, we didn't think they were good enough to even make the playoffs three years ago. Right. And they went all the way to the NLCS. Uh, so, I mean, they never surprised me. You know what I, I got, Schnick, uh, as the manager, you know, we guys could hit. You got to trust the Braves' philosophy on how they do with their minor leagues and how they bring guys up. They're not looking to just win, like, one-year wonders and stuff. They're building programs, and I think we all that. We, we're not going to be as good as those 90s teams, but we're kind of getting close with a couple free agent moves that we get. Uh, I believe if we could get some, some pitching, nobody really has pitching anymore. Tommy John kind of ruined that for a lot of people, <laughs> you know. So uh, I think the whole game of Major League Baseball is who, who hits the three-run home run the most. So, so tell me about that, and that, that's an interesting point that you bring up. Is yeah. you know I'm a baseball historian. Dudes used to start and throw every single day, and they wouldn't get Tommy John surgery, and they wouldn't get hurt, and they would start you know 80 games out of 162. Now it feels like yeah. you know you're on an innings limit, and once you get to 170 innings, you were shutting you down, and like take the radar gun off the scoreboard. You think that's what it is? Oh, everybody, you, you know it doesn't. You, you know, there, there's no other guys to say. You yeah, look, I get people out, I find bats. You know, my ERA is down. It's how hard I can throw. How hard's my slider? How hard's my fastball? You know, and and they wanted everybody to see it. So I got to build myself to do that. And all just ain't capable of doing that, especially you know in the minor league system and all that. You know, just, uh, of what they see and on a day to day basis, y'all's not equipped to throw that. So I, I think we need to get back to more proper mechanics and, and learning how to attack bats instead of trying to get strikeouts. Okay, sounds like a winner to me, bro. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck today, partner. Thank you, Casey. Appreciate it. Yep, there's Butch Terrio doing a good job with Homa Christian School. I love that answer because, you know, way back when, there was no Tommy John surgery. There was no, you know, innings limit. There was no, I'm on a pitch count after 100 pitches I'm coming out. It was, you're the starter, and you're pitching the entire game whether that entails 90 pitches, 130 pitches, 160 pitches, 
whatever, you were pitching the entire game. And then, oh, yeah, guess what? You maybe get a day off the next day, but then guess what? You're doing the same thing the day after that. <clears throat> and guys wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't get hurt. There, there was, like I said, no elbow ligament replacement surgery. Like, there was none of that. And I've always wondered, like, why that is that so many guys get injured now. Butch think, said he thinks it's the the radar gun, and, you know, other people think that we're throwing too many curveballs early in life. And I don't know, but something has definitely changed because our arms have become a little more fragile than what they used to be. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go and talk some NBA. The Pelicans fell on their sword last night. We'll also maybe talk a little women's college basketball and some other things happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Lamar Jackson did what Lamar Jackson does yesterday. He didn't play football. He didn't win football games as a quarterback. He tweeted about something, complaining. This is an ongoing situation, and it is further proving what I have long said. 
I don't want this dude leading my team. There's too much BS. He's constantly got something to say about something. Yesterday, he tweeted in response to people saying that he didn't play at the end of the season because he was holding out for more money. I don't remember me sitting down on my guys week one versus Jets to week 12 versus Broncos. How come all of a sudden I sit out because of money in which I could have got hurt at any time within that time frame? When we know the Super Bowl been on my mind since April 2018. Let's get real. I'd rather have a 100% PCL than go out there and play horrible, forcing myself to put my guys in a bad situation now. That's selfish to me. Lamar, if I could offer you one piece of advice or two pieces of, of advice. One, it's hire an agent because you're embarrassing yourself in your contract negotiations without one. And two, shut up. Shut up. We don't have to hear, like, I, you're in the, the conversation right now, right? Everyday sports centers about you, right? And I get that that's probably frustrating. I get that that's probably something that's aggravating and annoying. And I understand all of those things. If it were me, it would probably be hard for me to keep my mouth closed too, right? I understand that. I accept that. But at the end of the day, bro, every time someone says something about you, we don't have to log on to Twitter and see a rebuttal. Just shut up. Let your play do the talking. Oh, but that's it. That's the elephant in the room. Your play can't do the talking for you, Lamar. So that's why you're insecure and you feel like you have to defend yourself at every single twist and turn because your play can't do the talking for you because you're not a good enough passer to lead a franchise. And so which means that you got to be a runner. And when you're a runner, you get injured. This constant after losses, I'm going to go and I'm going to belittle fans. This constant Oh, you have a hot take about me on SportsCenter? I'm going to reply. I'm going to clap back on Twitter. I like guys who don't clap back on Twitter. I like guys who are watching film while you're clapping back on Twitter. Ain't no way Baltimore should give this dude $200 million. Ain't no way anyone should give this dude $200 million. But you guys have heard me say that for the last six months, so I'm not going to do a whole segment on that. I just wanted to chime in my thoughts. Now let's talk about the Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans lost yesterday 120 to 109 against the Golden State Warriors and frankly showed why I don't think they're a threat to do anything in the postseason. New Orleans was up 20 in this game against Golden State. They were up 17 at half. Everything was going their way. And then what happened? Draymond Green got a little physical with a couple of the Pelicans guys. The game got tense. The game got heated. And then the house of cards collapsed. And then in the second half, what did we see? Turnover after turnover after turnover after turnover. Brandon Ingram shooting long, tough, contested mid-range jump shots. The offense got stagnant. The offense got stale. And then the Pelicans just stopped playing defense altogether and got run out of the arena. <clears throat> run out of the arena. 40 and 37 are the Warriors. 38 and 38 are the Pelicans. Golden State flipped a 20-point deficit into a game that they actually were the blowout winners. They were winning by 11. Or they won by 11. If that game goes another six minutes, they would have won by 25. The Pelicans were done at the end of the night. 
So here's the thing about New Orleans that is a little concerning. <clears throat> is that they've got two different styles to play or styles of play. And I don't know that they are really like locked in or dead set on either one enough to thrive at the highest level. When they play big with Jonas Valanciunas, here's the problem. Their defense is, is not good. Jonas Valanciunas is not a good defender. <clears throat> we saw it several times last night. The, the Warriors were switching Steph Curry off onto him. He had no answer. Curry was either blowing by him, getting to the lane, or if he sagged back, too much space, he was shooting over. It was a complete nightmare. But if you take Valanciunas out of the game, then here's the problem. You can't rebound the ball at all. In the third quarter, Kevon Looney got six offensive rebounds. Was setting up extra opportunities, and the Warriors were just shooting until they made the shot. That's not ideal either. So, like, <clears throat> what do you want to be? Do you want to be really good on offense, or do you want to be really good on defense? <clears throat> I think that the lineup that's the smaller lineup makes them a good defensive team if you could then team rebound and secure the miss. I think the lineup with Valanchunas is, you know, pretty good, but then again, you, you hurt your defense. You get a lot. It's just not the pieces don't fit. I know that I'm I'm fumbling my words a little bit, but the gist of what I'm trying to say is the pieces don't fit. I think you've got a roster full of some talented players, but I don't know that there's a five-person combination within that roster that'll be able to contend with the best teams in the NBA. New Orleans is still the number eight seed in the Western Conference, and they still have a better than good chance to make the playoffs. But there's no more free passes the rest of the way. Remember, you were on a winning streak and you were beating up on every single team in the NBA that was tanking, right? You can't play the Rockets and the Spurs forever. Now you got to actually play real competition. You failed your first test against the Warriors. You're going to get beat by Denver tomorrow. So then what happens after you get beat by Denver tomorrow? You got the Clippers, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Knicks, and the Wolves. That's all 50-50 toss-up games. You could either win them all, you could either lose them all, and those games are going to decide whether or not this team makes the playoffs. You can forget about Denver tomorrow. You're going to get beat at Denver tomorrow. Your third game in four nights in altitude. No, you're not beating Denver tomorrow. That's going to be another loss. They're going to be 38-39. and 39. Then you got to go home for a four-game homestand. Clippers, Kings, Grizzlies, Knicks. You've got to win those games. They're all winnable games. They're all losable games. And then that last game against Minnesota on the road is going to be vital as well. So for New Orleans, it's going to be a matter of, hey, just how much do you want it? I think they're talented enough to get in. I think they were talented enough to beat the Warriors last night. But when things got hard, the Warriors switched into championship mode. The Pelicans switched into, ooh, things are getting heated here, boys. And they got, they got, they melted. They melted. In the second half, when Golden State flipped that switch and said, hey, we're not losing this game, the Pelicans didn't have an answer. It was back on their heels, letting Draymond Green bully them, and no answer. That's what it's been the entire time of this core's run. When things get heated, they back away. Can't win in the playoffs when you're backing up when things get heated. Ain't no way you should have blown a 20-point lead last night against Golden State. This is not a great Golden State team. You had them. And if you win the game, you would have gotten to two games above 500. You would have been in a great spot for the postseason. Like, that's a game that if you got that true championship DNA, 
You have to grab it by the throat and say, you know what? I ain't letting go. We're winning this game tonight. We're up 20. Instead, in the second half, it became the we're not going to play defense show. We're going to get Brandon Ingram to shoot 18-footers in traffic show. And it became all of the stuff that proves and reproves and solidifies over and over and over again what I say about this team all of the time, which is that they have nice pieces, but the pieces don't fit. And this offseason, the front office and the organization needs to reshuffle the deck. I said at the trade deadline, that's what they should have done. You should have been shopping Brandon Ingram at the trade deadline, trying to upgrade, trying to get somebody who fit better. And if, it, if there was no market for Ingram, then you should have been shuffling C.J. McCollum at the trade deadline. But here's the dirty secret, bro. C.J. McCollum's very popular, right? People in New Orleans love him. By next season, he's going to be 32. And guess what? This year, he was way worse than what he was last year. There's some regression starting there. Last year in New Orleans, C.J. McCollum shot 49% from the field. This year, he's shooting 43% from the field, Bubba. He ain't the same player. He's starting to slow down. He's 30, He's in his 30s. Next year, he's going to be 32 years old. He's going to start to slow down a little bit by bit by bit every season. Move on. While there's still a market there, try to get something of value. And I know there are people screaming, oh, but Zion's going to be coming back. What can Zion realistically give you right now? He hasn't played since January. He's going to come back and play 15 minutes. He's going to be on a minute restriction because heaven knows that they're not going to let him not be on a minute restriction. Every time he comes back from injury, he's on a minute restriction. He's going to come back and give you 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And that's if his hamstrings even heal. Ah, it's going to be tough to get in. It's going to be tough to survive once they get in. And it's going to be another disappointing exit. Because, as I've said it again and over and over again, the roster that they have in place is not conducive to winning big. They have filled their roster full of guys who have proven not capable of winning big at other places. Why was C.J. McCollum available, y'all? Because Portland would lose in the first round every year. Why was Brandon Ingram available? Because the Lakers were playing with him every year and weren't even making the playoffs. If those guys were capable of standing alone and being the best player on a team and winning a championship, you wouldn't have been able to trade for them. Are they good pieces? Yeah, they are. As your third best player, not as your star, not as your best guy. And I get it, Zion, yeah, he should in theory be your best guy. But he's never there to be your best guy. So you've got to elevate. You've got to get some more alphas in the room so that you could raise your floor knowing that, hey, we've got Zion Williamson. We ain't going to play more than 40 games a year. We've got to better protect ourselves from when he's not available because he's not going to ever be available consistently. It was disappointing, man. You had a chance to really make a dent and really make a statement. Because I think the Warriors might end up being the team that goes to the finals. The West is wide open. None of those teams at the top are good, y'all. The West is wide open. You had a chance to make a statement and say, 
We're going to go on the road. We're going to beat the defending champs. And to hell with just glaring the LaRose studio saying that we're not any good. We're going to punch our ticket into the playoffs. And instead, the house of cards collapsed and they lost again. That's disappointing, man. Disappointing. they got to do better. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to the turtle. Taylor Griffin and I will be chatting about all things happening in the world of sports out of this break. It's play-by-play on KLEB. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the all new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM. The music on the bayou, the Raging Cajun 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. It's Ford Truck Month at Calvin Braxton Ford, now offering 60-month 0.9 APR on all 2022 F-150s with $2,000 off MSRP. Get a great deal on all 2022 Explorers with $2,000 off MSRP. The sporty 2022 Ford Edge has $4,000 off MSRP. So now's the time to buy. Test drive one today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 LA1 in Lockport. Big town inventory, small town prices. Offers good till April 3rd. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking. Serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank. Now 70 years strong. This is Louisiana Senior Medicare Patrol, and you are listening to this week's Medicare Fraud Minute. Are you aware of the differences between home health and hospice care? Home health care is a wide range of services given in your home for an illness or injury, usually after a hospital stay. Hospice care is for people who are terminally ill and have a life expectancy of six months or less. Hospice care is focused on providing comfort care rather than curing the illness. Beware of home health and hospice fraud. Home health care fraud schemes include billing for services not provided and falsely certifying a beneficiary as homebound. Hospice fraud includes falsely enrolling a patient in hospice care, billing for services not provided, and providing inadequate care. Only agree to home health or hospice services if your doctor has certified you. Call Louisiana Senior Medicare Patrol at 877-272-8720. Louisiana Senior Medicare Patrol is funded by a grant from the Administration for Community Living and sponsored by AdviseWell, Inc. Animal shelters everywhere are struggling. Many are seeing pets adopted during the pandemic being returned due to staggering inflation. Lafouche Parish is no different. Launch LaVille nonprofit has come up with a way to help. With the first ever Bullets and Balloon Fest, starting with the Balloon Glow on Friday, March 31st from 5 until 10 p.m. And Saturday, April 1st, 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Enjoy great food, music, and local crafts at Oak Ridge Park in Golden Meadow. Visit LouisianaTravel.com to plan your trip today. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. 
Here's how we long for Skechers hands-free slip-in footwear. The world has gone hands-free. However, if you want to put on a pair of sneakers, you still need to bend down and help your feet in. Until now. Introducing Skechers hands-free slip-in footwear. You don't need to reach down to help your heel in. You just step into them and off you go. So what's the secret? Well, there's a special smooth comfort pillow in the heel that helps your foot slide into place. And they stay on just like a pair of laced-up sneakers. Get hands-free slip-ins at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective. Guaranteed. You are beautiful on the inside. You are innocent. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Jiskler here. We go to the phone lines. It's Wednesday and it's a little after 12:15, but it's close enough. We've got Taylor Griffin on the line. Turtle, good afternoon, buddy. What's good, partner? Hey, good afternoon. How y'all doing today? Doing just fine, bro. Look, uh, I'll give you a spoiler. This hasn't been published yet, but over at Bayou Sports, we're starting something called Random Wrestler Wednesday, where I'm going to just put a picture of a random wrestler, talk a little bit about his career, get some conversation flowing, get some people thinking, getting people to be nostalgic. My first one today, spoiler alert, is going to be the Warlord. What do you think whenever I say the words the warlord to you? The warlord. Casey, I am stumped and I am ashamed and embarrassed that I can't remember who the the warlord is. Oh, you're going to know who he is. I'm going to text you a picture of him in just a second. Big old dude. He was jacked up to the gills on steroids big time. Um, Yeah, you're going to... Wasn't he like on one of the first episodes of Raw against the Undertaker, and he like he lasted maybe a few months, and then he just jobbed out, and that was it. <laughs> he th- that was the end of his run. Like he had a WrestleMania seven match with the British Bulldog. His move was the um, was the full Nelson, and that, like he was basically like what Chris Masters did later. That was kind of his stick. His manager was slick. Like he was ginormous. If he if he. If he used the restroom in a cup, the cup would melt, if you get what I'm saying. 
That kind of. I got you. I got you. He had like some stupid fur outfit or something. That's the berserker. You're you're thinking of the berserker. I, I'm yeah. That guy. Yes. Same type of gamma character. In fact, if you check your phone, I literally just sent you a picture of the warlord. Should be coming any second now. Um. So yeah, man, we might have stumped you on that one. That I blew it on the first day. Like. <laughs> no, it's okay, man. Look, that it's all good. Um. Oh, I see him. I see him. Okay. Okay. So, so I want to ask you about this. Um, I was actually having a conversation with some of my buddies a day ago about this. And we were talking about how in our childhood, the, like today, the kids play 2K. But back when we were kids, we would play NBA Live. Which version of NBA Live, which guy on the cover of NBA Live represents your childhood playing experience most? I got an answer. I'm curious to see if yours is the same as mine. Which cover game for NBA Live was the one that you played and enjoyed most as a kid? Man, I want to say it was... Was it 2003 with New Jersey Nets, Jason Kidd on the cover? That That's one. Oh yeah. I think that was I think that was my favorite one. And then man, shortly followed up by two thousand five, I wanna say it was Mellow on the cover, and that's when they brought like the dunk contest to it, if I'm not mistaken, or am I am I a little off? I remember those on PS two just being my all time favorite NBA lives. See see and I then, go I'm sorry, go ahead. And then well, yeah, I'm sorry. I know you asked me for one, but like I got three that stick out for all different reasons. I think 03 was when they really started changing up the gameplay and really started focusing on details. 05 would have been the dunk contest. And then, man, did 97 have Mitch Richmond on the front? Yes! Yes! That's okay. that's my answer. That Oh, yeah. I, that, that one, dude, I spent thousands of hours playing that game. I had NBA Live 97 on PC, <laughs> and I played the hell out of that game, and I would use the Bulls, and because of Michael Jordan's whatever video game agreement, he wasn't on, but I remember player number 24, that's what the announcer called him, and he was the baddest dude on the game. I do remember that. That, that one, that's probably my earliest memories of, of 97 and and when i do when i do the pa for nickels i model my style after that announcer <laughs> just dis- disgusted disinterested in the away team and lively and popping for the home team that's where i learned it from nba live 97 with mitch richmond on the cover that that's my answer and then the year after that it was miami heat Tim Hardaway, who was in the cover for Live 98, I believe it was. But, yes, the Mitch Richmond game is the one I played until my thumbs got blisters. And, oh, yes, I played that one forever and ever. And the thing I remember most about that game, and 90s kids are going to agree and, and, and understand and say, hey, I remember that too. You could, If you had Dennis Rodman on your team, some games he would have rainbow hair. Some games it would be bleach blonde. Some games it would be blue. The game knew to just change his hair randomly every game. Yes, yes, I do remember that. I do remember that. That was man, that was that was some good times. And I and I had I don't remember what brand it was, but like I wasn't playing with the keyboard and mouse. Like I had one of those external controllers and playing this on, you know, the I think we had a Gateway 2000 at the time, like just barely running these CD-ROMs and <laughs> and that 
that game right there, hours and hours and hours of playing as the Bulls on that game. Yes, indeed. Yeah, good times, brother. Uh, let's talk about this. NCAA tournament is crazy, bro. Um, there are four teams left. No one, unless if you're like a college basketball expert, knows a whole lot about the four teams that are left because they're just kind of out of nowhere. You got San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, and UConn. Let me ask you this, bro. I really believe that as fans, we we say that we want madness and we say that we want upsets, but at the end of the day, I think that the most exciting game is when the underdog is winning and then the favorite just comes back and gets a crazy comeback win because, bro, I'm not going to lie. I'm not all that fired up about watching San Diego State play Florida Atlantic. Like I say, I think that we say we want upsets, but at the end of the day, what we really want is North Carolina versus Duke, Kentucky versus, you know, whoever. Because I don't know anything about any of these teams. And I'll be honest with you, I was going to set up two televisions to watch this with WrestleMania. Now I'm not even doing that. I'm just watching WrestleMania and I'm following the scores on my phone. Casey, I'm with you, man. Like, if I end up at somebody's house and they got both of them on, fine. You know, I'll glance back and forth. But I, not to change the subject, I'm much more interested in, probably for the first time ever, in the women's Final Four than the men's Final Four yep. this year. Like, it, it's it's that off. You know, yes, of course, we love the upsets. We love the Cinderella stories. This was too many. It's it's too much. One or two low seeds make it through and, and, you know, just do some exciting things. Yeah, fine. You know, give me one 12 seed in the Final Four every other year. That's cool. You know, give me one upset Cinderella mid-major conference winner that, you know, makes it to the Sweet 16. That's great. But the teams we're looking at, not like there's no – I mean, I guess you could – yeah, UConn historically is a good – but, man, there's just – there's no excitement. Like, that, they gave us too much. That There's too many upsets. There's too – and you know what the, the crazy thing is? I've read so many different articles I, I've, I've come across over social media and just gone all over the place. And I, I'm not talking about just people's random opinions. Like, these are like sports writer articles. Somebody said something like, man, I think the somebody messed with the balls this year. Like, whoever yeah. inflated the official balls this year is obviously not a player or a coach because they look horribly underinflated. And everyone's complaining, like, man, you know, this tournament's bad. You know, everybody's shooting 30%. Whatever. It's good. Someone messed with the balls. I know you've got your theory about magnets and the rim and everything <laughs> else, which is kind of comical but kind of believable when you look at it. Um, hard to ignore, but I, I'm fully convinced that, man, if you got the wrong person inflating the balls and everyone just has to follow the rule because it's official, like, man, you could literally ruin the whole tournament. And I think that happened this year uh, because, believe it or not, like, don't give me the crap about, oh, it's everybody got to play with the same ball. Everyone's having the same struggles. Like, dude, that if, if you are – if shooting makes or breaks you versus a different style of play and making or breaking, you know, like, it's – it really does matter. It really does matter if the ball is not normal. And I think that hurt the tournament this year, and that's why all this is going on. But, you know – there's there's too many Cinderellas. There's too many upsets. This was wild. I even saw someone, uh, man, he used to be a sports writer, uh, Kyle uh, Carrier. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah. 
he made a good point. I don't know if you saw this post he made the other day, but he's like, look at these teams that are left. Are we really sure that, you know, as fun as the madness is, are we really sure this is the best way to determine the best who the best team is? And it really gets you thinking. You know, I didn't mean to hijack the question from you, but, man, think about it. Like, really don't on the – as fun and as exciting as it is, is this really the best way to find out who the best team is? Because, you know, you're putting, you go in neutral site, you're going, who the hell knows who's inflating the balls and doing God knows what. You're changing the entire landscape with the media and how things are handled, you know, as far as scheduling goes. You're changing all these things that are completely opposite off of what a lot of teams are used to. And you also, it's a survival mode where, you know, you got teams playing just the strangest of schedules over the, these, tight, these tight weekends. Like, like nothing makes sense anymore. And it's almost, I mean, look, I love the madness. I love how it's basically a national holiday weekend when the, in the round of 64. I mean, I, I don't want it to change, but it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, is this really the best way to really crown who the best team is? I don't know, man. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'll tell you this. If we redid the bracket and started over, we, we might not get either or any of these four teams in the Final Four again. Um, and, and I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. And, you know, you talked about the balls. And, look, there are a lot of – they they changed the brand of the ball, which I think is unethical, unethical to do in the middle of the season to begin with. They're saying the new yeah. balls are overinflated, so you're going shooting a layup. You're throwing it off the glass thinking it's going to softly go in. Ball's bouncing off the front of the rim and out. Like, there's just a lot of weird stuff. Um and I'll be honest, San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, UConn. I'll confess this, and it makes me sound like a bad radio host. I don't care. I don't know a single player on any of those teams. I don't know a single player. You say UConn. I'm not thinking of anybody on the current team. I'm thinking of Khaled El Amin and Rip Hamilton. I'm not thinking of anybody that's playing right now. I don't know anybody on any of these teams, man. And, and like, to me, stars make the tournament. When North Carolina had those great teams and they had Sean May and Tyler Hansborough and you know, Duke had the J.J. Reddicks, stars make the tournament. None of these teams have any stars on them. None of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the beauty of you know, college athletics is beautiful to an extent when you, when you got people making a name for themselves for the first time, but when, when there's literally no stars at all, like there's no one to follow, there's no one to to align yourself with i mean it was it's just i'm with you man like i i don't don't know who to follow i don't know who to care for i don't know who to bet on i I don't i guess you go at fau because they're the underdog and they got the small stadium and you know that all these little things but like it's almost like who cares like this year and i'm with you back to the ball argument like why across why why not all across the NCAA Division One, why can they not just have an agreement to use the same balls in every gym across the country? I will never understand. You know, and, and I understand it. It has to do with you know who's got the big sponsorship and who's got whatever. Like 
North Carolina is going to play with the Nike balls because of whatever Nike and Jordan association they got. And then, but then like you'll go to another team and like they got the Rock. I don't know if you've ever seen the Rock. I mean, it's not, oh, yeah. it's not as big in the South as it is like in the Northeast. Like it's a New York thing, but like the Rock ball—that's a totally different ball than the Nike ball. Like, why can't everyone just play with the Wilson NCAA from your first exhibition game? in November until the national championship game and just make it a rule. I don't care what you practice with, but whether you're hosting or like whatever, like you all have to use the same ball throughout the year because that's what will be in the tournaments at the end of the year. You don't just get to choose and have an extra piece of home court advantage. I mean, you know, if you want to inflate, deflate the balls a certain way and try to get away with it, that's on you. But like same brand, same exact type, same make model everything across the board why can't they do that why can't like this is more the ncaa just being an absolute joke and they wonder why people don't take them serious in certain situations get all the balls the same it's not that hard yeah no it's hard to disagree with you pot and look we got an example a couple nights ago and we will talk about the women's tournament and then wrestlemania in a second but we got an example a couple nights ago of why lebron james is never going to be the best basketball player to ever live They were at home against the Chicago Bulls and facing Patrick Beverly, who averages like three or four points a game. Beverly shakes LeBron out of his shoes in crunch time, makes a floater in his face, then does the too small gimmick in his face. Like, you're not doing that to Kobe Bryant. You're not doing that to Michael Jordan for two reasons, Taylor. A, they would have beat the hell out of you right there. Suspension be damned. They would have beat the hell out of you right there. And for two, the next time you saw them, they were going to score 90 on you. The Lakers are playing the Bulls tonight in Chicago. LeBron has an opportunity, I guess, to make that same statement. But no one's doing the too small to Mike because they were they were afraid of Mike. They're not afraid of LeBron, bro. And that to me, that one little bitty teensy-weensy thing spoke volumes about what his peers think of him. Man, you're right. You're right. And I understand. Look, we constantly, all the things that LeBron has accomplished in his life, in his career, you know, against whatever odds and constantly having the spotlight on him is nothing short of amazing. And we constantly dump on him. But all we're saying at this point is he'll never be the best, greatest of all time because of these little things like this. Is he in the top five conversation? Of course. I could never put him at number one. I'm with you. I agree. Like, those other guys were feared. And more, I, I love how, like, you know, some of our childhood heroes in the NBA, like, who are all retiring, like, you know, uh, Kevin Garnett had a story the other day, which I'm sure has been repeated multiple times. Like, man, you just, you didn't talk trash to Mike. You learned the hard way when we, when you were young. You know, we had something going, and then I was telling so-and-so, like, hey, keep going at him, keep going at him. And then all of a sudden, you know, in a two-minute span, Mike explodes for 15 points, and we find ourselves on the losing end of the game. Like, you just – players literally feared him. It wasn't just, oh, I respect him or, or I'm going to make a name for myself, I'm going to go at him. Players feared Mike, and no one fears LeBron. Everyone is just going at him and making a name for themselves, and he does nothing to fix it. He does nothing to reestablish himself. Now, he's 
probably too old to be doing that anyway. Maybe he's literally just hanging on so he could play one season with his son. If that's what it is, then that's what it is. But it's time to drop the crown gimmick. It's time to no longer be the king. You, you've lost your opportunity to be the greatest of all time. And it's, uh, like you said, that little thing, that speaks volumes. That's just yet another reason why I just can't give him the number one spot. I don't think I could give him the number two spot either. It's women's basketball, so a lot of people, frankly, aren't paying attention. But then again, looking at the ratings, more people are. Caitlin Clark of Iowa is maybe the best women's basketball player of our lifetime. And I, I hate to say <laughs> big blanket things like that, because it always sounds arrogant, like, oh, you're a prisoner of the moment. But she averages 27.3 points, 7.3 rebounds, 8.6 assists. She shoots 47.4% from the field, 40% from the three-point line. In her last NCAA tournament game, she went 41-10-12. She led her team to the Final Four. They're taking on South Carolina. I don't know how that's going to go. South Carolina is incredible. But dude, I watch her play and it's like who who's this girl? Like she's six foot, she's not the quickest, she's not the fastest, but it's like a female version of Kevin Durant. She gets her shot when she wants to get her shot. She gets on the court where she wants to get. She's only a, a junior. In theory, she could come back, but there are whispers she's gonna go to the WNBA next year. It's unbelievable watching her play, bro. It's a treat. Man, I I'm going to say something that might rub some people the wrong way, but it, I promise you it's worth it. Like, if I were her, I would really, really squeeze the juice out of that NIL deal yeah. before she has before she has to take a pay cut to go play in the WNBA. No, that's fair, like, dude. I mean, unless, unless she's going to make all her money on, you know, whether it's a Nike sponsorship or whatever, like, I don't know what – if she's making any money right now, I don't know. I, I, I'm new to the moment. I just, I just took notice of her, and maybe that's my bad as a sports fan. She is amazing. You're right. She may look. Just a couple weeks ago, I was saying to myself, like, dude, Angel Reese may end up being like, depending on what happens this year, Angel Reese may end up going down as like not only the greatest player in LSU history, like just the stats alone and the wins alone, she might be dubbed as one of the best college basketball players in all of history. And all of a sudden, that like Caitlin Clark, like, whoa, where'd she come from? And, yeah, she's even more exciting. She may, she may be one of the greatest female basketball players ever when it's all said and done. Like, it is outrageous how amazing and impressive she is and uh i'll just repeat what i said in the beginning like she better make that money while she can before she has to take a pay cut here because she's going to be relying on sponsorships i don't see the wnba changing anything at all i mean maybe this is the moment that everyone's been waiting for and caitlin clark changes the whole landscape of how the wnba operates and all of a sudden there's fans at the games and people who care and you know the the supposed fans won't be failing the WNBA and you know now they could afford to pay their players uh who knows maybe maybe this is the turning point that they really desperately needed but dude she is she is amazing like i i can't wait to watch their game either like this she she's beyond impressive she's not just getting a you know a little eyebrow raise and a respectful nod like she 
she's an extremely exciting player to watch. Like, I don't typically watch a whole lot of women's basketball, but I'm super jacked up for next time she takes the court. And what what's most exciting is the next time she takes the court, she's facing the bloodline, right? She's facing South Carolina, the team that never loses. So it almost has like that Sami Zayn versus the bloodline feel of like one guy trying to take on the system. And like, dude, I'm telling you, on Friday at 8 o'clock, if she's got 35 points and it's a two-point game with six minutes left, like I'm all in. Like I want to see, hey, can she will her team pass South Carolina, the team that looks South Carolina they play a boring style. They smother you to death on defense. They beat you 70 to 50. Like, they don't play an exciting brand. But if Clark could break and penetrate that defense and make that game close, I'm all in, even more so than I'm going to be for the LSU game. I'm all in. I would love to see that happen. Dude, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, if the momentum is in their favor, look, I don't know how TV ratings work. I don't know the history behind this. I'm just spitballing out of left field. I could be totally wrong. But if things go the way we think they might go like this has all the makings to possibly be the most watched women's basketball game in history i i would think everyone would tune in to see you know the new most exciting player on the planet slay the great giant and take her team to the championship like this i i, I cannot wait like this is gonna be any like i'm gonna I'm going to go home and, like, make sure I'm cooking something good to watch. Like, this is going to – I'm going to make an event out of this. Like, this – I can't wait for it. We've got a whole lot of wrestling this weekend, Saturday and Sunday out in Los Angeles. Um, it looks like – and this is according to Wikipedia, so this might not be right. It looks like night one we've got Theory and Cena, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. We've got the tag match Trish, Lita, Becky Lynch versus Damage Control – Lesnar and Omas, Bianca Belair and Asuka, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. And, of course, the only uh, match that's announced for night two is Roman and Cody. And then also on the card with no night determined yet, we got Gunther and Sheamus, or Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre, triple threat, Edge versus Finn Balor, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus, well, I'm not going to announce all them. It's a big old four-way, fatal four-way women's tag match. You got the uh, fatal four-way men's tag match. You got the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Boy, there's a whole lot of wrestling. And as we were saying before we got on the air, it's a whole lot of 50-50 matches. I don't know who's going to win a whole lot of these. I don't know who's going to win Theory and John Cena. I don't know who's going to win Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. I could see Omaz going over Lesnar if Lesnar's about to leave the company. I don't know what's going to happen with Charlotte and Rian and on and on and on. And I think that's the intrigue is we've got a whole card and we don't have a whole lot of an idea of where they're going. This is going to be must-watch TV Saturday and Sunday from Los Angeles. Man, you're right. You're right. I don't know if I've been this excited about a WrestleMania. I mean, with the exception of last year, seeing Stone Cold, like, yeah, that was super exciting. Like, I, I haven't been this jacked up about, like, the whole event as a landscape in a long time. Like, this is, this is an incredible card. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with this conversation, but like, I, I'm so puzzled as to, first of all, I think I called this about three or four months ago on the air. We're going to get Dominic versus Ray. Yeah, <laughs> you did. It turned into one of those buildups of I'm going to keep attacking you versus I'm not going to react. 
and this is just like Kane attacking the Undertaker, and then finally he had enough. And, All right, I'll face you at WrestleMania. I'm like this is it. This is this was predicted in December, and it finally happened. Now, is this where Dominic wins and Ray retires, or is this where <clears throat> Ray wins and they feud for a year, and then Dominic retires him next year? At the big 40th anniversary spectacular WrestleMania, I mean, who knows? This this could go a couple of different ways. I'm I'm super excited about that, and I was like never a Rey Mysterio fan growing up, but the storytelling is what's keeping me here. Edge versus Finn Balor, like super excited about that. Uh, I mean, Roman and Cody, obviously, man, Logan Paul, anything he touches turns to gold. I mean, it's this is going to be. A super, just awesome, exciting mania. I cannot wait to watch. Again, this is just going to be like the Friday. Like, I'm going to be, I got to cook something Saturday afternoon and make sure, like, you know, get off the Wi-Fi, clear, get out the living room, like, get out my way. (laughs) This is going to be a super, like, if you're going to sit down and join me, sit down and enjoy it. Like, everyone just, Sit down and shut up and enjoy the show. This is going to be epic. I absolutely cannot wait. You know, this is one of those where if I just had all the disposable income in the world, like I'd be flying out to L.A. Thursday to just start the festivities. Like, this is worth the trip. This I wish this one was closer. Then, of course, there's always that, that maybe one more time back of your mind Man, what if that? What if the rock's music hits? No matter. What if they just been playing us this whole time? What if Stone Cold's music hits? Maybe they just been playing us this whole time. Like you never know who could get involved, man. It's it's Hollywood. It's they they're gonna throw it down. They're gonna something epic is brewing. It's gonna happen. Like I I cannot wait to see this. Edge has been telling a lot of the dirt sheets and a lot of the the people that report on wrestling that he's got some crazy ideas for Hell in the Cell, but then he said, quote, but I doubt they'll let me do them. Edge is a daredevil, but Edge also has a fused neck or whatever it may be. Uh, he may do something that may jeopardize his life <laughs> in this match, and I don't know how excited I am to see that part of it, but you just get the feeling he's going to do something that'll be crazy. I mean, we've already seen him inside of a cell on top of a ladder, get powerbombed through the floor of a ring. <laughs> uh, probably not going to see that, but <laughs> I don't know if, you know, he's talking about how he's he's the devil and Finn Balor's coming out as his demon gimmick. Uh, I mean, is Edge going to light the ropes on fire? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I can't wait to see what it is. I'm sure, you know, there's been all these rumors. I don't know if any of them have been confirmed, but supposedly, like, unless unless this was on one of those satire pages I was duped on, I mean, supposedly Christian got cleared to come back for this one night, and Edge is coming up through the flaming floor with Gangrel and Christian and a brood entrance. I mean, just that in itself is worth watching. That I cannot wait to see. Anytime Finn Balor goes to his demon gimmick, Face or heel, I'm in. Demon Finn Balor is is money every time. Uh, I hope Edge doesn't kill himself or paralyze himself. <laughs> but 
if he says he's got some stuff he wants to do that they might not let him do, like, I'm in. <clears throat> Must see TV. I'm glued. Go ahead, Edge. Entertain me and impress me. <laughs> Last question, bro, before we let you go. Are we doing the title switch on Sunday night? Is Roman Reigns going to go over Cody? Or will Cody finish the story, as he's been saying? Dude, I, I could see it going either way. I could see them continuing this forward and having two heels or two baby faces chasing them with with Sammy and Cody both. But then I could also see Cody winning because, bro, I watched Monday Night Raw as you did. Hearing an entire arena sing his theme song with him, that dude is over as Rover, bro. It would be hard to deny him. I could see it going either way. How do you think this is going to go? He's going to win. He's going to win. It's over. It's written. It's stamped. That is my prediction. The The fans are absolutely demanding it at this point when they sing his theme song. This is this is just as strong as the Daniel Bryan Yes movement. I th- it's, it's time for the big payoff. Now, look, they could easily run this back, continue to feud, make this last a year, make this last another two years, have some title changes every few months. Uh, some crazy gimmick matches maybe we've never seen before. They could really milk this. But right now, Sunday night is the first title change. I think I think it's finally time. I'm not saying the feud's over. I'm not saying the bloodline's over. But it's Cody's time Sunday to to just start start fresh. I think he's winning. Very interesting. Well, we'll see how that plays out, brother. Thanks so much for the time, and we'll chat again next Wednesday. Hi, bro. Yes, indeed. Thank you. And as always, go Tarps, and God bless America. As Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job. Woo! I'm fired up for WrestleMania, baby. I know I told you that on Monday. It's WrestleMania week. I am jacked up. I can't wait to see how this one's going to play out. It's Saturday and Sunday. Taylor's got me even more fired up. He thinks Cody's going to beat Roman Reigns. Whew, it's going to be a whole lot of fun to see how that one goes. Let's um, let's not catch a break. Let's get our betting picks. We're up against the back end of the show. <clears throat> let's see. So the FanDuel app comes up. Tonight, I like in the NBA, Brooklyn Nets minus 11 over the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are in full-on tank mode. And I like the Nets to take advantage of them there. I like the Jazz minus four over the Spurs. The Spurs are in full-on tank mode. Sorry about that. I had to turn off the mic to, uh, you know, sneeze. (laughs) I think the Jazz are going to get a win over the Spurs, take care of business there. I like the Chicago Bulls tonight, plus two and a half over the Lakers. If the Lakers had backbone, they would line up and they would beat the snot out of the Bulls tonight. After how that last game went in L.A. with Beverly doing all his shenanigans, I just don't think the Lakers have that toughness. I don't. I I, I don't think they have that toughness. I know that old Jordan team back in the day, They I would have bet the house that they would beat the Bulls tonight. After the way that that went, oh, no, Mike ain't getting embarrassed again. LeBron, I think he's going to get embarrassed again. I think the Bulls are going to beat the Lakers tonight, and I'm taking the plus two and a half. I like tonight in the Western Conference, the Kings minus 14 over the Blazers. The Blazers are are full-on 
punt the ball down the field. They are not playing any of their guys. They are resting all of their starters. They are firmly entrenched in next season mode. And I think the Kings, who are looking pretty good and are playing some good basketball, are going to take full advantage of them in that one. Hockey, we built you a parlay last night that played out. So I'm going to get you a parlay tonight that's going to play out. I like Moneyline, Colorado Avalanche, and Boston Bruins. You take them both. It's a minus 102 payout. One's a big favorite. One's a moderate favorite. I think they're both going to win. So give me those two teams in a um, in a uh, two-team money line parlay. Let's wrap things up. Um, congratulations to the Central Lafouche bowling team for their dominance and success. They're competing in the state championship tournament. Uh, in the next couple of days, they're in the Final Four. Congratulations to Terrebonne Pass Recreation finishing as the runners-up in the U12 Girls Biddy International Tournament yesterday. Kudos to them, and thanks to you all for listening. Tonight, we're at South Lafouche High School. First pitch, 6 o'clock. The Tarpons are taking on HL Bourgeois. This is Casey Justclare wrapping up. Wishing you all a great rest of the day. It won't be play-by-play tomorrow <clears throat> because I'm going to want to bet um, the old the, the betting show over on the FM side. I'll be out in New Orleans tomorrow handling those duties, so I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I will be here Friday giving you the latest and greatest in our local world of sports. It's all for me. Y'all take care. Have a great rest of the day. Love you guys. God bless. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to